the hive. Launching Neurohive sequence. Welcome, welcome to the Smarter Marketing Revolution, presented by Hidden Force Media, with your host, Alex Vonderhaar. Guys, I brought somebody super special today, uh-huh. and usually I, I'll read through the bio, and uh, I, 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 I'm not going to be able to do Beedrill justice with me just reading through this this bio, because by the end of this episode, I promise you, you listen to what Beedrill has to say, your brand is going to accelerate, but also, because we started off with some Whitney Houston before we hopped into this, so we're already <laughs> in like, we're already in peak condition to have a good time. And I, I hope you guys have some fun and we're going to hop right into it. Beedrill, welcome to NeuroHive. First time. We're super excited yeah. to have you. Thank you. That was such an awesome introduction, Alex. And I mean, literally the only podcast I've ever been on where Whitney is playing. Like, I mean, if that's not a sign that this is about to be a good time, I don't know what could be. Everybody just needs somebody to dance with. <laughs> that is your new, fr- like, that is your new slogan. Yeah. Your personal slogan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll bring it. I'm a horrible dancer, but we'll bring it. It's so, just the energy, man. You don't have to be is. good at it. It is. It, it's all energy. And uh, one of my mentors told me this, not Taylor, but somebody else. He was like, the microphone and the camera kill about 10 to 15% of your energy. Like how much you think you're putting out there, just because it's being recorded, it zaps like 10 to 15% of it. Yeah. So whatever you think is a hundred, you still got a lot of headroom. You still got a lot of room to bring it up. Yeah, that's so true. That That's absolutely true. So the reason I wanted you to come on, we are typically like my audience is a lot of business owners, CEOs, uh, high level marketers that just want to kind of find something else. Mm-hmm. And for many of them, after talking with them on IG and all over the place, they're like, I still don't have a grasp on branding. Everybody out there talks about, oh, like you got to have a brand, you got to have a logo, you got to have all this other da 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 all the way down the list. Mm-hmm. But they never like unpack like one, why should you have a brand? What like why does it really matter? And what yeah. you develop so many times doesn't actually reflect who you really are, so it never matches. So then they'll That's end great. up scrapping their brand. Then they come back to it again, and they'll be like, well, I'll just hire somebody to go do it. Oh, but but they didn't nail my brand, so it's their fault, right? And that's why I wanted to bring you on after getting to know you for a few months. I'm like, this girl's fire and she's funny as shit. I got to bring her on and we got to, we got to have some fun and talk about branding. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, I think you bring up a really good point is that I think marketers forget that like marketing is the big, like super umbrella and branding is a, like one of the containers or buckets underneath it. So marketing is at large, but then you've got, you know, paid, you've got SEO, you've got organic, you've got copy, um, you've got all the different, and then you have branding, like you've all the pieces underneath marketing. So a lot of times marketers I find are when they think about branding, they're so in direct response type marketing or campaign related. They're so in that direction. If you were to think of it as a spectrum and branding is the exact opposite, polar opposite of direct response marketing. Mm. marketing is saying like hey do you want this hey i'm up in your face let me tell you what this is branding's more like leaned out like here's what i stand for 
whether you like it or not. You know, like okay. it's very different. So it's almost like branding, branding is like the North star. And then marketing is like the compass you take to follow. So they serve mm. two different purposes. Um, branding is very long-term. Marketing is very short-term. Branding is based on the why. Marketing is based on the what. And so if, when you kind of start to like break them down that way, one is going to be like quick and you know rapid fire and gets right into the people's heads and gets them to buy and convert and all of that. Branding is more like the loyal steed that's just coming alongside you that you trust in an entity that it, that represents what this business is, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah. And I think that's why just from hearing just the way you described it, so many people bounce out of it so fast. Like, oh, I tried branding for a few months or I, I printed a whole bunch of t-shirts. I got my logo done and it's like, yeah. okay, like- and that comes down to, well, because branding is so intangible, the brand strategy part is more important than the brand visual part. So mm. the brand strategy part is all based on like the words and the voice and everything the brand stands for. It's very intangible. The brand visuals are like the logo, the icons, the colors, um, everything that you can see. So people remember the visuals part, but they're not equally weighted. It's not a 50-50 thing. The strategy and the intangible part is 90% of the brand, the vision, the internal external identity, the what do people say about, about the brand when you're not in the room? Um, what vision do you want? What vision do you have on changing the world? What mission do you want to impact people with through the business? So there's all these other pieces. That's 90% of it. And only 10% of it is the logo. So when people who are established, like established business owners who are at least at 20K months, when they go to websites like Upwork or Fiverr to get their stuff done, or like a low-end designer who charges them like 5K for a branding package, they end up with a logo and a mood board and some bullshit story. And it does not connect at all. There's no depth. It's only vanity. So it never sticks and it never makes the owner feel like, wow, that is my brand in a two inch by two inch logo. All they get is a logo and it just delaminates. And so in our process, what we do is we go super like, and I know you go really deep too with the marketing side, we go deep into the story, the why do you exist? What energizes you? What drains you? What impact do you want to leave in the world? What are your core values? Let's make them into core behavior. So it's a hundred foot deep dive. Like it's like a excavation of what is within you. We then pull that out and then we package it up into beautiful messaging and exact taglines that hit potentially a new name for the business. And then a logo that just nails it. And you have no idea how we took a two inch by two inch and moved around some pixels. And we're able to create something that feels like it hits the heart of who you are. Sounds like there's a lot of psychology in there. Yeah. Yeah, there is. I mean, if you think about it, what is marketing? Marketing is understanding the psychology of what your future customer or client looks like, what the current customer and client is, and how to turn them into like raving fans that are super fans. Like essentially it all comes down to the psychological part of it. Um, and then the feelings, like what are the feelings and emotions you can get people to feel and that they create an affinity. I mean, the highest stage you can go with the brand is to create an affinity around it. So like I'm literally always drinking Starbucks. To me, this is not coffee. This, this is a relationship that I have formed with this company where I yeah. probably spent like $6 on this this morning and drove 
15 minutes to get it. So you start to develop an affinity and a relationship with the brand. That's like the peak of where you want to go. Why do most people fail at this then? They never go deep enough. They want to go surface. They want to hit it and quit it. They want to be like, I filled out one worksheet. How come you didn't like, how come I hate this logo? Well, and then some people justify it by being like, well, I don't think branding is even important. Who gives a shit about a logo? I don't even look at that stuff. Your customer does care, whether it's conscious or subconscious. It goes back to the principle of you walk into Barnes and Noble and you have no recommendation of books. You're going to, the book design, it's going to catch your eye based on what's there visually. We are programmed as humans, as animals, to be able to look at something visually and make a split second decision on whether we like it, we want to know more, we're curious, we trust it, or we're repelled by it. Hmm. And to be honest, most branding agencies, they also don't want to spend time with you. It is expensive to spend time on a client. So they want you also to hit it and quit it and get out of their way. And they give you one or two or three logos. And they say, we think this is cool. Like, do you like, we, we took NeuroHive and we put a, we put like a, we, we thought maybe it'd be cool if there was a hive and you're like, okay, cool. I guess. Little on I guess the nose, that makes right? Sense. Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, we've come across branding agencies, obviously working in marketing, right? Yeah. They like, we don't do this. You guys don't do that. Why don't we partner? And I'm like, okay, like show me your process. Yeah. Well, you guys already have your brand and we don't want to rework your existing brand. I'm like, okay, well just show me your process. And they, they just look at me like, well, there's, we just do it. And I'm, I'm like, this, oh. this is why nobody for, for me as a consumer, right. And even for my own agency, I know we've got a light year to go with our brand. Yeah. But yeah. until you show me what your process looks like, I can't buy into it with you. There's no way. And your, yeah. and your customers won't either, especially business owners that are at that spot where they're ready to invest in brand, right? We're outside of sit, like we've got good sales. We've got momentum. We've got decent marketing to bring people back, right? Right. Now we've got the bandwidth and the, the coverage to be able to start investing into these things a little bit deeper. Exactly. Yeah. Which means our bullshit detector is better too. Totally. Right. And so you know, there's a reason I won't brand somebody who's a startup if they don't already have a, like th if they're starting up a new business because they have one, two, three plus businesses that are already successful, I can brand that person because they are solid in their solid or at least 80% of the way in their identity and knowing who they are. I won't take somebody who's brand new because they'll come after the vanity. They'll mm -hmm. be like, I want to look cool on Instagram so I can get followers. I'm like, not your girl. You should go to Upwork. Um, and that is literally my advice. Like, I'm like, uh, you do not want to spend, we don't want to spend time with you and you don't want to spend time and money with us. Like it's not worth it um, because you need to be established in your business and have an understanding who is your market? What is your offer? It needs to be validated because we can then take on that. And we could double and triple down to find the gems there and position you correctly, differentiate you correctly, come up with an awesome tagline that hits, that makes it easy um, for you then to elaborate on an elevator pitch that we come up with with you to say, there's a bunch of noise in the marketplace right now. Tell me in 10 seconds what the heck you do and why I should care. Um, what, what are you going to tell me that's actually memorable? Nobody wants to know, like, you know, I'm a marketing agency. Oh, I'm a coach. I'm a high ticket coach. Okay, I roll. So is everyone else. So helping them understand what is your differentiator? How were you positioned? 
What's your secret sauce? Why do people care? 10 to 20 second elevator pitch. It empowers people to be laser, like crystal clear with their audience and their messaging to say, this is what you would come and knock on my door for. So you, people end up getting inbound leads through, um, through the branding front. But yeah, you're absolutely right is, you know, through that, I remember when I first started though, I didn't have a process that I documented because I was too much in my right brain, uh, my right brain self, because it's creative and it's a feeling and it's a thing. But after our, you know, developing as a business and we've been in business close to four years now, I had other team members who were less visionary, more integrator style. Yeah. And they, we have it now like a train station. It's like, we call it the launch flight plan. We have an eight week process that's identified week by week by week. This is exactly what we do. Um, but that engineering, if you will, that came through other team members who were like, wait a second, let me actually codify what you do with people and get it into a sheet now. So it's really cool when we're working with designers and they come in and they learn our process. They're just like, I've never seen like even a semblance of a process, much less one that is so clean like this. And the reason for that that is it's a scientific it's a scientific method now for us it's like a formula so we put somebody in here who's like this we're going to push you through our eight-week system you're going to come out happy at the end now so we kind of make mcdonaldized something yeah. as intangible and artsy and creative as branding so that everyone could get consistent results that they're really happy with i love that yeah. um i want to get into personal branding a little bit because that yeah. that's like a huge buzzword on social media especially within the entrepreneurship world is you have to have a personal brand. So therefore you have to have a podcast. You have to write a book. You have to do all these other things. And most people have no idea where to start, how to start, or even if they should have a podcast or write a book, like, yeah. And they think I've got to do all of it. Yeah. And I, I actually, I, I wish people would stop spreading that message, especially people who don't know like nothing about branding. Um, I don't have a book and I don't have a podcast yet. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't necessary for me yet. I do have a personal brand. Um, but the thing is, the problem is when you try to stack on too many things for people before they've even developed what their personal brand stands for, how they want that to be curated out in the market, who's listening, who's the audience, why do we care? What message should we be getting out there? And what do we, what do we want them to retain? What do we want them to be saying about us behind closed doors? Without knowing any of that, you're just shooting blank. And that's why most people who start a podcast don't get past 12 episodes. Eight, it's like eight, I think the statistic is 80 or 85% of people who start a podcast don't get past episode number 12. Yep. Why? Like we shouldn't do this. So the thing is you need, I always tell people you need to develop the audience first because if you put your book out there and then you're begging your friends and family to buy it, like, come on guys, like you don't want 10 book sales. Okay. And then you don't want to be like shoving your books onto your friends and family at Christmas, hoping anybody will read it. They're not going to, you haven't earned your audience. So I'm a big fan of organic marketing to be like, get out there, say what your message is, just start posting on social, pick one platform platform because divided focus turns your power into a flight versus a laser beam. So where should people that divided focus? focus. It, yeah. We want you to be like the divided focus. Imagine a flashlight laser focus, and you can like cut through steel. So we need people, one platform, whoever's listening to this, if you're anxious about your branding and stuff like that, one platform, just post once a day. 
I promise that will be the grassroots start of what your personal brand is. And you'll look up three or four months down the lane and you'll have the starts of a personal brand. So don't go too fast, too far. Oh, I got to do TikTok because it's good and IG and Facebook and I need a Facebook group. No, that is recipe for failure. One place, just get started and get it going. Now you have to know the level you're at. If you're already in one platform and posting every day, okay, maybe we should think about, should you have a Facebook group? Or maybe we should expand you out to TikTok or LinkedIn or or YouTube, depending on what your offer is, who we're trying to attract and why, like what's our brand strategy for being on that platform? Because depending on the business and the offer, we make very different suggestions of like, you've really got to actually get on TikTok. Your audience does not live on Instagram or Instagram is a complete red ocean for you. No, let's get you marketed over into this segment. There's not as many people talking about what you're talking about on that other platform. I love that because it, it's so true and everybody's afraid to go and just start daily actions. And I'll even give like a little anecdote. When I started, um, I was afraid of video for a really long time yeah. and still am to a degree. Like the platforms I choose, like I'm, I'll do a podcast and we just started doing video recordings of them three episodes ago. Before then it was oh, all wow. audio. Yeah, it was all audio. And I told myself that going into 2023, we were going to start doing video and we were going to start to own that because everybody that's out there right now does not understand what we do in a video format very well. But if they read my Facebook posts or they read my Instagram posts or they listen to the podcast, they get it and they get it really quickly. I yeah. told my team, I was like, we're missing massive opportunity and we've been doing this for four years now. Wow. Yeah. Your podcast has been, you've been doing it for four years. Well, we started the podcast during, um, during COVID and it actually got rebranded. Okay. We rebranded it. Cause it was just called the hidden falls media experience. Yeah. And I was like, well, that, that just doesn't, it doesn't tell us or tell the audience what it does well, because yeah, our brand doesn't name doesn't really they, either. What they're getting. Yeah. Like, like even the brand name of hidden falls is kind of tongue in cheek. It's uh, yeah. like, nobody wants a piddly revenue stream. So we said, well, we're going to be your hidden hidden revenue fall. I like that. Yeah. So it, it's already kind of like not on the nose, right? It's not like we called ourselves like neuromarketing Inc. Like, yeah, it would have been great yeah. for SEO, yeah. but like, as far as brand identity, there's not really much there outside of a process. Um, yeah. So when we rebranded to NeuroHive, we wanted it to be kind of like that hive collective group, but without yeah. it being like covered in bee stuff and looking like a honey, like, it, it's a little too on the so nose. Cheesy. Yeah. It's a little too yeah. on, like on it. So, um, right. we kind of shifted into like a cyberpunk brand. Cool. Field. Yeah. I like that. That is awesome. I love that. And you know, what, what do you think, uh, what I so relate to you on the video thing. And if you check your Instagram, I literally DM'd you, are we doing video? Or are we not doing <laughs> video? And Literally, I had the same thing. And my fear came from, you know, two years ago, I had like an extra 54 pounds on me. So I didn't feel confident in how I looked. And I really was, you know, I really was like ne negative. I spoke really down on myself on like, I felt like I didn't look like an Instagram hot girl influencer model person. Um, and I was like, well, I don't feel like I look like that. And so if I don't look like that, I don't really think I should go for the video part. 
And I got encouraged by my audience to be like, we like you better on video because the energy of you and your personality resonates better. And I tried so hard. I still fight it. I started so hard to go with copy only, written only style or voice only. And I kind of got pushed into this direction. And that's, it just, it still is something that's uncomfortable, but I've gotten used to it and like, you know, gotten better at it. And I'm curious, like, how did that, how did you make that shift to what encouraged you or how'd you make that shift? So other people just like us who are afraid of putting their face out there, how can they find themselves on video and giving good content to people? Everything I've ever done that's been positive in my life, I was afraid to do. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's so true, Alex. Right? Like like figuring out that you want to kiss your girlfriend for the first time or even like yeah. take that step, right? Like you kind of like that, huh? Like, oh, like, yeah. like, this, like this is one of those moments again. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, felt, I felt that same thing around doing video. I felt it when I first started the podcast. And yeah. even before that one, um, I had another one prior to me starting a business in like 2016 that was called To The Edge. Yeah. And we, we would talk about like health and science stuff and figure out like what was cutting edge science and technology. And we would just talk yeah. about it. Um, and that, that one did for like 45, 50 episodes. And then we stopped that yeah. um, because I got busy actually starting a business and running it. And then during COVID, I was like, well, everything shut down. We can't go anywhere. I may as well fire this thing back up again. And we've been moving with it ever since. So it's been about two years consistently on yeah. that side of it. But I understand that for that next level of growth, when I found that fear point, I mm -hmm. I just knew that I had to go all in and just suck it up. Dude, that's, that is so good. I, I like, you know, we're going through some stuff. Like me and Alex know each other. We're in a mastermind together. And like, I, even I needed to hear that again. Like it's, it's, even though as you're growing and going, like sometimes you just want to be like, I don't want that weird feeling in my stomach. Yeah. I don't want to fight the bear today. I just want to, I just want to lay back and eat ho-hos and I want stuff to be easy. And like, I don't want to fight the fears. Like, why can't I just be, why can't I just like stagnate for a while? And not that you can't, but when you're a crazy entrepreneur and you're like, you just want the growth so bad and growth is oftentimes on the other side of that that, I mean, I love that kiss your girlfriend. I mean, I'll, I'll take it from a boyfriend point of view and it's not exactly the same, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's still the, that, that like butterflies in your stomach and just nausea, just straight yeah. nausea. Like you don't want to do the next thing. Um, and it's a good reminder for everyone to say, Hey, new year, new you, um, identify one thing, identify the one thing that came up when Alex said that guys and go after it. Like if it is just posting, if it's about your brand, um, or if you are ready and you do have an audience to do the podcast, then just go ahead and do it. If you've got a built audience and you feel pretty good about that, go ahead and take the next step, but do not do a podcast and a book at the same time. Don't do them no. at the same time, please. For the love of God, not all, not all, not. And if you're new to speaking, do not do all three of those at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> do not, you do not. Hi, I'm a public speaker. Okay. Do not, you do not need a book to be on a stage. So let's just like, go ahead and like, let's just break that myth right now. You do not need a book to be invited to speak. How do you go about building an audience? Showing up as your authentic, truly authentic self. And we've, we have IP around that called your empowered self. Um, but you've got to, no, sorry, your empowered voice. You've got to step in. And the only way to develop that empowered voice, as I call it, is you coming out every single day and putting a little nugget out, a little nugget out to the world about 
you, your story, maybe other people's stories, maybe your client wins, maybe something that's just amusing, maybe something that's fun, maybe something that's controversial, but getting, the more you practice getting your voice out there, which is why I like to say at least once a day, if you're already posting once a day, bump it up to twice a day. If you're posting twice a day, bump it up to three times. So you get the drift here. I'd actually say from two, you can go to four, but I'm not going to act crazy. Two, if you're posting twice a day, go to three to four and watch it change your brand and the way that it has your brand starts to become sticky. So when you come up and you start to feel through your empowered voice, that's when you're starting to say what you really want to say without being fearful of what people might think. And I see a lot of people hold themselves back. We're all put into these like societal cages of like, oh, you have to act like this or, oh, you're going to get canceled or, oh, that's not on par with the brand. And I think it's similar to what you were talking about with fear, Alex, is that likely that message that's dormant within you, that's always kind of itching and scratching and you wish you could have said it, or you might say it in some rooms, but you won't really say it out loud. That's the message that needs to come out of you. And I'm not talking about, let's clarify, I am not talking about your religious and political rants. I do not care about that. Please do not go and self-sabotage yourself. No one cares about your political and your <laughs> religious rants, okay? Unless you are somehow in that space, Stay focused on what the message is, what's contrarian in your field, what sacred cows you want to kill in your industry, what drives you nuts about things. Like you'll see me post about branding all the time to be like, yo, if you make less than 20K months, please stop wasting time on your branding. You do not need that. And that's called shiny object. Go to Upwork, go hire someone and be done. But if you're also past 30K, 50K, 100K months, hi. Your branding sucks and you need to revisit it because it's like it's like a child growing up. You're going to outgrow those shoes. And so you don't realize you're wearing a brand from two years ago when you were on a startup budget and it no longer represents the future vision of who you are. So you're just wearing like this old, like dingy, broken in shoes to like this flashy <laughs> wedding. And then you're like, I wonder why everyone who comes to my call, you know, every objection I get is monetarily related. They don't have the money to do it. Well, you're attracting that because you've got your right. broke shoes, your cheap ass coat, and you're at this ball or wedding. You've got to dress the part of what your future self is going to be. The same is with the brand. Your brand needs to represent the future of the business, not the past. Can I show you my horrible previous branding? Yes, yes. Yes. Show it to me. I also okay. want to see your current branding. If you're open to that. Yeah. If you want to really go at it. Oh my goodness. What is, is this? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. He's got the cursive. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Lord. So when we started this, we were like, okay, like what are all the social media main colors? Right. And let's oh. slap them together for like the waterfall effect. Horrible. Horrible. I don't know what I was thinking. Clearly uneducated and none the wiser. Did you make this? Yeah. At least you made it. A lot of people come to me with Fiverr and they all have the same like Superman mascot. And I'm like, why? They're like, because I'm a coach. I'm like, oh, this is horrible. Like, are you ready to get like $200 for six months of work? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's, I'll, I'll wear it all on the chin because it's, um, I didn't know any better. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I was good at a, I got good at a skill set. And then I figured out, okay, well, I got to have a business around that. Yeah. Okay. And now I've got to build marketing and sales around that. 
And now I've got to add branding around that. Right. So it was so far removed from the initial spot. And I totally see what you're mean. Like th this is wearing old shoes to me. Yeah. And I look at it and I'm like, ugh. And then this was the one that we used for a really long time. Okay. A little bit cleaner, a little bit more sleek, yeah. got rid of the script yeah. font. Mm -hmm. But what's the issue with this? If I ever go to print something, Yeah. it's gradients. Yeah. Yeah. It's gradients, it's multicolored, and I can't do much with it. And it's uh, shadowed too. And so yep. you needed, um, when we're working with people, we'll give them, we will make when it's something like this, since we work with a lot of online businesses, but we also work with brick and mortars now too. And there's completely two different needs. But if you're an online business and you're going to have swag, you need a printable set of material. How is this going to be applied onto a hat? How is this going to be, you know, embroidery? Okay, embroidery, like look at my hat here. Embroidery is a whole different thing. So we make sure we make a second version of the logo that that is in printable CMYK format, but that you can be like, this is what you put on swag. So you have like yeah. two different versions. Yeah. Now here we are. Cool. Much more modern, very clean, yeah. still some elements, very printable. Yeah. Could be embroidered very easily. Totally. And uh, nice. yeah, we're actually updating our website right now. And that's, you are. yeah, that's been a four month process, but yeah, cool. even internal, even internal to us guys, we build websites. It takes us forever. And there's been, they've given it to me at 80%, three or four times. And I said, no, back yep. to the drawing board. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like when we do our own branding, it's like, it's, it's, it's a it's, shit show. It's isn't so it? painful. I'm so <laughs> biased to it. I'm just like, it's like, I have to have somebody else work, even though I did our initial branding, I have to have somebody else work on it. And then we nitpick it. And then we have, there was a time that we had like 26 colors. And I was like, what happened? We have no control over like our, what, how, how did this happen? So we had to like recently take it back down a notch, but um, yeah, it's really hard to work on your own stuff when you've got that creative critical eye. Um, but then it's your own thing because you're just going to be a little bit, you know, biased and you're going to hold a high standard to it, yeah. um, which is going to be worth it at the end. I can't wait to see it. I know, me too. Um, yeah. So I want to go back to building, building an audience with that idea that you're constantly moving out of last year's shoes. Yeah. Do you find that your audience gets cyclical with you too? Like that you kind of like, like you kind of flush people out as you go through these new iterations of yourself? You have to, you have to. And somebody like me, who's super people person and very empathetic, I had a really hard time with that because I was taking it too personally. Like what happened to Sheila? She used to love my, where are you Sheila Morris? Totally made up name here, but like Sheila loved me and Sheila doesn't love me anymore. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm not only here for Sheila and I'm here for, I am here for myself one. And I'm also here for my future people too. And so if I'm growing, you know, just like leaves change and the old leaves fall off and the new leaves grow, you have to anticipate that the, you know, Sheila Morris's of the past may not like your new version of who you are. They may not be on the platform. They may be busy, they may be busy growing, busy plateauing or busy self-destructing. Um, but when you start to become in your empower, when you start to know what your empowered voice is, you realize that you must get your mission out there no matter what. Whether Sheila Morris got offended one day because you went contrarian and you kind of slapped him up a little bit with your post, 
you've got to understand that like the weak will fall out yeah. um, and the loyalists and the people who are strong will follow. And then some people will ghost you for a second and then they'll come back and, you know, it's like, oh, Sheila had a revival in apparently 2023 and she started to find me. But understanding that the, it's still, when we say personal brand, let me distinguish something here for yeah. people. Your personal brand, even though it is your name and it is your social media, it's still not you. It is still not Alex as a human being at the end of the day. It's still not Bijal Patel as a human being at the end of the day. The stuff I put out on social is a representation of who I am. Um, and no matter how empowered or authentic I am, you're still not going to know me exactly by like going back and scrolling through all my posts. You'd have to have met me. You'd have to feel my energy. You'd have to see me as a human in a lot of different modes and dimensions to be able to humanize me completely. So when we're talking personal brand, it is not you as a human, just like your business is not you as a human being. And I see so often that when people, you know, when their business is succeeding, you feel on top of the world. But the problem is when your business is not succeeding and it's constricting and it's not growing and you're not getting the sales or revenue that you want, that achievement makes you feel less than and it affects your worthiness because you think mm. you're your business. The same is true for your brand. Even though it's called personal brand, it is a three-dimensional representation of who you are. It's not every single thing about you. So I think that knowing that it's you are this and we pull parts of you out and we represent it makes it feel less personal. So that's, you know, when I recommend to people, hey, you need to go a little contrarian, stop with all the vanilla posts, no one cares. Um, you know, being that kind of, you're taking in like a controversial stance on some things. When you're going to get the haters, that means that one, your branding is starting to hit. But two, when you realize it's not you as a human, it's a representation of you, the haters don't hurt you as much. And the haters don't make you cry and feel sad and, you know, make you just want to go crawl into a hole and stop posting because you feel like you've hurt people. Um, it, it creates a little bit of distance that's necessary so that you can grow and you can continue to influence the right people. Does that answer your question? Yeah. I know I added in a little something there. No, that was, that was awesome. I definitely feel that, that sense of unworthiness. Yeah. A lot. Right. And it's hard not to, um, it's not necessarily like likes or comments or anything like that, but I've definitely fallen into the trap before of, I feel unworthy of certain levels of success, or I feel unworthy of building an audience this size or unworthy of having a successful product launch after a few months. Right. And it's like, why, yeah. why do we, why do we self-sabotage like that? And, um, that's something Clee and I are working through, but yeah, yeah. To I, total I side note relate. on that, but it's, I, I think it's everybody. Yeah, it is. It is everyone. I mean, it goes across the board. It's because we've been, we were brought up to have humility and then social mm -hmm. media on the other side is like, put yourself out there, say whatever you want to say, get accepted, get rejected. Who cares? I don't need anyone. And it wants you to suddenly act like you're not a part of a tribe and that you can come out there and just, you know, sling whatever you feel like saying and that you don't care and you're not a humanoid. Um, and that you should flex on where you want and your clients win and I deserve this. And it, it pushes you outside of what society and what humanoids, I mean, we've been dealing with this for thousands of years to say that you're going to get kicked out of the tribe. So our brains 
immediately start firing and saying, caution, caution, caution. People are upset at you, recede, 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 start to fit in and compromise and make sure everyone's okay. And I'm not saying that we don't need that. I'm not saying be contrarian for no reason, but then that makes us all be, you know, bur you know, uh, what's it, birds of a feather flock together. It makes us go too much into that route. So there has to be a fine balance between birds of a feather flock together and then you being exiled because literally everyone hates you. You know, so like where where do we where do we strike that balance? And I think social media challenges us and it challenges our self-worthiness and, you know, it instills self-doubt when you consume it too much. So even though I have a strong personal brand, I do have to put that phone down when I feel like it is affecting, because you can ride the highs too. When everyone likes your stuff and keeps touting how amazing you are, your ego can start to get inflated and you think you're hot shit. Well, you're not. You need to put that phone down and remember you are just a normal person. You might've had some good posts. You might be getting some traction with what you're doing, but that also in reverse is not a representation of how amazing you are either. So I think right. we should look at both sides of it. I think people get caught up in that. A lot of I didn't get I didn't get the social validation I was looking for out of social media, so my personal branding must not be working. Yeah, or and I they take it one step further, Alex. Let's be real, and they say I'm not working. Right, I'm not interesting. People don't like me. Like I don't have an interesting enough personality, and um, that's when I think we have to be really careful with how much is social media causing us to feel less than and not beautiful enough and not smart enough and not successful enough and not rich enough and wealthy enough and all of the things like, oh, I'm not authentic enough. Like it can, it just, it can create a ripple effect of self-doubt too. So you really have to use it, but you have to, it, in everything in moderation, you've got to back away from it too. Boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yep. We struggle with boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Cause your following starts to feel like they know who you are. And there's been many times I've had people DM me and say, I didn't like your post this morning. And I don't think that sounds like you. And that's not who you are. And you're normally like this. And I'm like, hi, Jake, um, from two years ago. Um, I, I appreciate you caring so much about me and my voice. Um, I've obviously done a bad job of I've been painting everything as rainbows and butterflies and inspiring, I guess. And that's not actually who I am. Like, uh, I'm also get depressed. I also get anxious. I'm also not funny and happy all the time. I'm also not high level energy all the time. So thank you for calling that out. But that post does represent a side of me. It might not be one that you were aware of, you know, but like, I'm not putting down my post, Mr. Jake, because it didn't align with who you think I am. But it then, you know, it people start to get emotional, emotionally yeah. attached to who you are and what you say. And when you start to wield some influence, you need to be a little careful that you're not causing people to self-destruct, that you're not going so hard on people that they read your post and they feel they're just like crying on the other end in a disempowered way. You And it's really weird because you're like, who cares? I'm a nobody. And then you get somebody in your DMs that are like, you really hurt me. And I thought that you weren't with me because you didn't say this thing. And I've been thinking about it for a week. And you're like, you really have been thinking about what I think about for a week. Shit. <laughs> okay. Um, dang. And you start to realize right. you, you then accidentally carry a little bit of social responsibility and efficacy with you to say, if you're going to say something, 
you might need to nuance it. You might need to caveat it a little bit. And I'll, oftentimes I do that in the comments. I'll make my point, I'll hit it hard. Now, if I've hurt someone, I know they're going to go read all the comments and I'll caveat, I don't mean this. I don't mean that. I don't mean this. Um, and that is true to who I am as a person, because at the end of the day, I want my compassion to carry first. I want to lift up human beings. Um, I don't want to go so, I think that the world is a difficult place to live in. And I don't want to walk around and just thrash people and discount people and cause people to like feel anxious or misunderstood or disempowered. Like that's not who I am as a human being. So I do a little bit of that to kind of balance out when I really want to go hard with a point that I'm making. How do you start to become that contrarian in what you write and what you talk about? Think about the thing that you would say to your best friend if no one was looking and that you would tell your best friend and your close group of people. And you're like, you kind of look around a little bit in your shoulder and you lower your voice at dinner and you say, man, dude, I freaking can't stand these broke ass bro marketers on the internet. <laughs> don't know shit. You trying to both. like flex their rented Lambo, you know, like, you know, like that kind of thing when you're just like, they don't even know anything about business. They're actually just robbing people. It's BS. And like, you know, and they're like putting down people for putting, they're taking, stealing attention from people who actually know what they're doing. So like the thing that you're willing to say to the people that are closest to you, you need to take, just start to think about it and, and, and become self-aware of where do you stand on certain things. And I'll tell you what, in relation to your branding and your organic marketing, contrary and posts hit home really well. And you start to get inbound messages with people who want your offer. Now, be prepared though. You're going to have at least one person who hates on it. And you need to be prepared for that. That doesn't mean you need to back down from it. But if you went too hard on it, go and hit that edit button, edit down what your post is and be unafraid of coming back in the comments. If you made a mistake and you said something you didn't mean in the extreme, get back in the comments and tell them, yeah, you know what? That's a good point. I do see what you're saying here. Um, but you know what I found is we use Enneagram personality tests for our, are you, do you know what that is, Alex? No. Have you ever used Enneagram? Oh, is, you would love is, it. Is that like uh, Myers-Briggs or uh, like? Yeah, but it's an updated, uh, it's a totally different updated personality test. Okay. Uh, super cool. You've got to do it, man. It's super cool. I'll, an I'll analyze it for you on the side. Okay. But we put all of our clients through it. And um, most entrepreneurs are Enneagram 8, which is challenger or Enneagram 3, achiever. So I'm an achiever. And so my secondary is the challenger. So I will often go too hard and recede back two steps because I'm like, well, that's not really me. That's I went too hard on that. Um, but it also depends on my mood and who I just hung out with, you know, or how my coaches influenced me to be like, you know, go hit this hard and go do this or whatever. It's going to have an influence who you just spent time with so that you're, you know, your circle of influence, if you've just spent time or, have, you know, been in an event and things like that, it's going to have an effect on you. Um, but just get, you need, what I find is people are not contrarian enough. People are super vanilla and their posts never hit home and they get like five likes because you were so vanilla and wanting to make sure everyone stays happy. No one even knows what you stand for. And you just, they just scroll past you because you're just noise. You're just noise. It's not interesting. It's not captivating. It's not curiosity evoking. It doesn't hit anyone's emotions. So they scroll past you. 
So if you, if you have a hard time being contrarian, first of all, hang out with your contrarian Enneagram eight challenger friend a little more, <laughs> study people who do have that personality and at least start just once a week, once a week, make a post that you would consider to be edgy for what your normal stance is and then steep your way into it. Don't go zero 180. Don't try to channel someone else when you aren't them. It'll feel inauthentic. You'll get embarrassed and you'll feel guilty and you'll feel shamed and you'll walk away. Just do a little more of what you would consider to be edgy for yourself and take one step down. I love that. We are coming to the end of time, unfortunately, because you and I could wrap forever. Um, if you had one more piece of advice for people that we haven't touched on, what is it? Just go ahead and start. Yeah. Go ahead and start the personal brand. Uh, it took my husband um, two years to gain. My husband's a double board certified plastic and general surgeon, amazingly skilled at what he does, but it is not in his personality type to have a bunch of posts and do social media. And even being married to me and watching me do it, he didn't have, he was so worried about what other people thought of him. Like he's just a humble guy, even though he's that smart. Um, he's not somebody who likes to be center of attention. He doesn't love social media. And since he actually, we worked together, um, he came into one of our programs, organic fuel, and then we took him and his own team through it. Um, he's been posting consistently ever since for like six months and he gets patients who come in the door and he gets paid and he gets clients for his software company who come in the door because of his social media presence. And so I'd rather speak it from his perspective that he didn't want this. But after he started doing it and doing it consistently, it started to feel more comfortable. And he doesn't do it because he want, he does not want recognition. He does not want fame. He does not want attention. The only reason he has his personal brand is because he really wants to help people through the two different businesses that he has. And his mission to help people is more important than his fear of staying hidden from the limelight. That's right. the only reason he does it. So just start. Purpose the world, I'll say this one last thing. The world needs to hear from you and your unique voice, whether you realize it or not. I promise you the world needs to hear from you. And what if it was only like your great grandkids got to see this? Yeah. How cool yeah. would that be? So I got, I got to see them build all of this, but if you didn't document it, they would never know. Yeah. I love that. That's really good. That's a great point, Alice. And you, you hit on purpose right? His purpose was bigger than his fear. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Beagle, where can people find you? How can people consume more of your awesomeness and just oh, be yeah. around your ethos more? Well, uh, on Facebook and Instagram, I'm at Beagle, B-I-J-A-L dot launch, L-A-U-N-C-H. Or you can check out our website, which is www.welaunch, L-A-U-N-C-H dot design. You can check out some of our work there, but yeah. We also have All a right. free, we have a Facebook group too, but hit me on my profile or the website and then you'll be able to find that too. Yeah. Guys, go follow Beedrill. She's awesome. <laughs> She's a ball of energy, even though not all the time. Most of the, yeah, time, you know, not all the time, yeah. you're going to get some laughs <laughs> because you're funny as shit. And whether you want to identify as funny or not, I think you're funny. I do. Girl. It's like my dream in life. <laughs> I want to be a TikTok comedian. So like, I'm not going to lie. I really love, like, I'm like a guy. Like, I love when people think I'm funny. It's like, what? Say it again, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right, guys. If, All right. You, Bye, guys. You know, the, you know the fee. We don't sell you anything. I don't try to push you any ads. Just go share the show with a friend. It means the world to me. And we'll catch you in the next episode.